0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orrico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Orico 99 and also at Ethos Fantasy BB. E T H O S Fantasy BB is where we post out all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. Every bit of information we got over on Twitter gets shared from the Ethos Fantasy BB account, so make sure you're following us over there. If you're not on Twitter, then go check out SportsEthos.com for all the rest of that great content. Not just in baseball. We've got football, basketball, hockey, uh, Formula One, golf. There's literally everything you can find there at SportsEthos.com. To go along with gambling, there's DFS. There's team coverage specific to, you know, not related to fantasy at all, just actually covering the teams. Mostly in the NBA, but we've got a couple of baseball shows as well. Lots of cool content for you guys to be checking out. I do want to mention, I've talked about it a couple times over the last week, but we are going to be doing a live trade deadline show. It'll be August 1st from 1 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Going to be doing it live on the Sports Ethos YouTube channel, and I'll probably have it live on my Twitter account as well for you guys to be checking out. So that'll be a lot of fun. There is a ton of guests. We have, I think, 17 confirmed guests already. Still finalizing a few couple, a couple people here last minute. I mean, we got a couple of weeks still, but we're still finalizing uh, last couple of names to get in there. We might get up to twenty names total uh, in terms of the guests that are going to be coming on that day. So it'll be a lot of fun. I hope you guys are going to be able to tune in. Going to get instant analysis on trades that go down. We're going to talk about the trades that go down in the you know the week or the next couple of weeks leading up to the deadline as well, and talk about other baseball fantasy related news that day. So make sure you're tuning in. Once again, August first, it'll be uh, one to six p.m. Eastern time. And depending on if we get some last-minute trades, maybe we'll go a little bit after 6 p.m. as well. But make sure you guys are checking that one out. Today, though, we are going to be doing something kind of fun we haven't done in a while. We're going to be going through the waiver wire, looking over the last couple of weeks' worth of performances and talking about some guys who are available in a lot of leagues that I think are worthy of picking up that could help your teams down the stretch, at the very least for the short term. And at this time of year... You don't necessarily need to be looking for those guys that are going to hit long term. I know early in the season, that's kind of the goal of everybody. You know, pick up a guy early on in April or May or whenever that's going to be able to stick on your roster the rest of the season. Those pickups are huge, obviously. When you get somebody of that nature, it, you know, it varies year to year. If it's a pitcher, position player, whoever uh, that can stick on your roster the whole year, then you're you're going to be very happy with yourself. Now, as the year goes on. I feel like you start to kind of look for more short-term value. So guys that can even give you a week or two here or there, it doesn't necessarily need to be the rest of the season. Those guys are obviously great. If you can hit on one of them, then that's that's amazing. But what we're going to be talking about today is not just going to be guys that I think are rest-of-season values necessarily. Just guys that are performing very well at the moment, and at the very least, you can pick them up to ride out their hot stretch. So let's start out with Chaz McCormick. For Houston, over the last two weeks, he's the number seven ranked player. Number one ranked player over the last week. And if you go back even a little bit farther over the last month, he's still just outside the top 25. He's producing great value across all five categories. If you look at the last month, 15 runs, 16 ribbies. He's got six homers, three stolen bases as well. He's batting three sixty-five in that time frame. Playing in the middle of the Houston lineup is always going to be very beneficial for you. Now, McCormick, I'm not sure what his playing time is going to look like fully down the stretch. It looks like he has a starting role uh, in center field. And I think that he'll be able to carry that. You know, I'm I'm not really 100% sure if Houston's going to be adding to their team at the deadline, if McCormick might end up being, you know, know, odd man out, if that is the case. I I don't really expect that to be. Uh, I think that his playing time is fairly secure down the stretch, and he's still only on 48% of rosters. He's given you five-category production, you know, middle of an amazing lineup. I think that he is worthy of a roster spot. Even if he does not hold the value or hold the playing time long-term, I do think that he is somebody that you can pick up for now, ride out the rest of this hot streak at the very least. 48% of rosters, he's still available in more than half of Yahoo leagues. <clears throat> Nick Pavetta has also been fantastic recently, if you look over the last couple of weeks. Even over the last month, 18 and two-thirds innings pitched, he has 34 strikeouts, a two forty one ERA, and a point seven five whip. Last time out, he dominated Oakland, you know, uh, it was Oakland, so you can't really read too much into that. It's actually two consecutive outings for him against Oakland. But still, uh, the strikeouts have really been there. Overall, the performance seems to have turned around, even outside of those Oakland starts. He seems to be turning a bit of a corner. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Nick Pavetta is not somebody that has the highest upside. The team context isn't amazing. Boston's fine. They're not, you know, an incredible team or anything like that. They, there should be some win opportunities for him. I, I don't think that he is somebody that's. You know, and he falls into that bucket of probably more short-term value, but while he's doing well, there's no reason not to take a chance on him. You know, over the last few starts, and even when he's come in as kind of like a after an opener kind of role, he's done very well. Even going back to that Toronto outing on July 2nd, he did well over four innings. The timeout before that against Miami, he did very well. You know, it's it's been good for a while now, so I'm willing to take a chance on Nick Pavetta in most leagues uh, where you do need a little bit of pitching help. Another arm that can probably help you out a little bit is Michael Lorenzen, Uh, three straight outings now that he's gone and not allowed a run, Oakland, Seattle, and Kansas City. Now, Oakland and Seattle, it's whatever, but, you know, or excuse me, Oakland and Kansas City, it's kind of whatever. Seattle is a little more difficult, but still, when you're going three straight outings and not giving up any runs, you got to take note there to some degree. Now, I think that he is somebody who has a decent chance of being traded at the deadline. We're going to have to see what happens with Detroit. I think Eduardo Rodriguez might be traded, potentially Lorenzen as well. And we might see better team context to lead to maybe some more wins down the stretch. Lorenzo, even though he's thrown 93 innings of a 3.75 ERA, only four victories this year. A 3.75 ERA this season in this environment, it's hard to say how, how rare that is. It's really not something that we've seen from a lot of batters across Major League Baseball. There's not that many. There's only 25 pitchers who have a sub 3.5 ERA. Yeah, there's really not that many. So Lorenzen sits just outside of that top 25 for ERA. He's done very well, even though the strikeouts aren't there. The ratios have been, 113 whip as well. So I think that he is worthy of a roster spot right now in a lot of 12-team leagues. He's only 36% rostered. Definitely somebody to be taking a look at. I think there's a lot of value there. Now let's talk about Edward Julian. Julian has been hot as hell recently. Uh, 25 hits in his last 59 at-bats with five home runs mixed in there as well. That's a 424 average over the last month. If you shorten the time frame, he's 15 for his last 24, 11 for his last 15. He's getting hits, it seems like, every single day. And you got to be interested. Now, I say Julian might be more of a short-term ad because, well, there's, a, there's both sides to this coin. Decent minor league track record, track record, good minor league track record, really, uh, where you can project a good fantasy future. But there's a couple of red flags here. He's striking out more than 30% of the time still. And he's got a BABIP that's over 430. When you're looking at a BABIP that is over anywhere like 330, 340 then you've got to be a little bit concerned. When you're looking at 430, you know that's going to come back down to earth. Is he going to bat 318 consistently? Likely not. He's probably going to be somewhere more in the 250 to 260 range. If he's able to give you, you know, good counting stats, he's able to keep this power up, which has been there for the last couple of weeks, then I think that there is fantasy value there. And I think for the time being at least, <coughs> excuse me, guys, I think for the time being at least, you have to pick him up and see what you have. Even if he's not somebody you're going to be starting every single day, I mean, you are for right now, just at least while he's hot. He cools down a little bit. I wouldn't drop him because there is that streaky nature to Julian. uh, That's what we've seen from him at the major league level so far. He's probably somebody that's kind of like a Jack Sawinski this year. When he gets really cold, he's not somebody that you drop. Maybe just bench him and see how it rides out for a couple weeks because when it gets hot, he's shown us here how hot he can really get. And over the course of the whole season, it's 148 at-bats, not a huge sample size, nine home runs, two steals, and a 318 batting average. You know, he leads off or bats second a lot of the time, mostly batting second recently, but he's at the top of that order. It's, it's promising, to say the least. And he's only on 25% of rosters, so I do think that there is some value to be had if you're talking about Edward Julian right now. I, I do think that he should be looked at in a lot more leagues than he currently is. A couple more guys that I think are really interesting, Yammer Candelario, He's not the sexiest name, and I think he more fits into those deeper kind of leagues, where it's like beyond 12 teams or if you're talking like a roto kind of format where there's middle infield and corner infield spots. Candelario's been really good over the last month. He is a top 40 player for the course of the season. You're looking at 15 homers, five steals. He's batting 260. I think he's also a decent trade candidate for Washington to send him to a better team, better lineup, more of a contender at the deadline. We might see some more counting stats come as well, even though they haven't been terrible, 49 runs, 46 RBIs, batting in a... In a, not a good lineup in Washington, to, to say the least. We talked about that the other day in regards to Lane Thomas, I believe, uh, about how you know the lineup is not great, but still you got Candelario uh, putting up value. He hit a home run yesterday. He hit another one a couple days ago as well. Uh, overall, he's been really, really good. And I think even if he doesn't get traded, there is some value in him there. Not in the shallowest of leagues, but in like 12-team and deeper, I can definitely see there being room for Candelario on a lot of rosters. Uh 39% right now on Yahoo could definitely see that going up though. I, I do see him uh, as somebody who could have a nice second half, especially if he is traded. Let's talk about Trent Grisham. I may have dropped him too quickly in a couple of leagues. Now these were deeper leagues where I was cutting him. These were 15 team leagues, uh, which I mean, I don't know at the time it really looked like the right thing to do, but it seems like since I've cut him over the last month, he has been just amazing. Uh, he's a top 40 player over the last month, 23 hits for in his last 79 at bats. 16 runs, 14 driven in. He's got four homers and five steals, and he's batting, you know, 291 average there. Like I said, that's been really good. Even though he's batting at the bottom of San Diego's lineup, he's kind of like that second leadoff hitter. He bats ninth, and then he has all those great bats at the top of San Diego's order who can potentially be driving him in. It doesn't really hinder you so much if you're in a lineup like that if you are batting ninth, you know. The turn the lineup turns over to Tati, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts. Uh, you, you figure you're still going to get scored a decent amount there. So I think Trent Grisham again, he's not the shallow league ad that a lot of people might be looking for. I think he's in that same kind of boat as Candelario, like 12 teams and deeper. If you if you're just a three outfielder format, it's kind of hard to roster a guy like Grisham. I think, but in a five outfielder format, <clears throat> that's where I'd start to be very interested. Five outfielder, 12 team league. Then you're definitely looking at a place where uh, Grisham can find a roster spot. So he's somebody that I am interested in right now. He's been really good for the last month and beyond even. So he's somebody that I don't think should be sitting on that many waiver wires at the moment. Let's talk about Eugenio Suarez. He's somebody that wasn't so hot to start the year. A lot of people did move on and drop him, but he has been hot. He's nearly a top 50 player over the last month. Seven homers, 19 RBIs, and a 262 batting average. Once that lineup figures it out, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, but there's too much talent in there to think that they won't eventually click at some point this season. They are... You know, they've been disappointing. They're just you know just under a 500 team, and a lot of that does come from their batting. Their pitching has been very good for the most part, but they're 26th in hits, 27th in batting average, 25th in on-base percentage. It has not been impressive from the Mariners offensively, but I do think that we're going to see more of what we expected to see in the first half here down the stretch, with guys like Suarez and Julio Rodriguez really picking it up. Now, they did get some news that Jared Kalanick's going to be out, but that's I don't think it's going to really affect their offensive prospects too much. Uh, he fractured his left foot by kicking a water cooler. Uh, just just really the stupidest thing you could possibly hear today. And as a side note, I think Kellnick is probably a drop if you are still holding on to Kellnick. He just hasn't really been doing it for a while. He hasn't homered in the last month. For the season, he's down to 252 batting average. I, I still see an argument to hold him if you have the IL space, but I think he is somebody that is expendable. But to go back to Suarez, I think that there's enough value there in what he does with the power department And potentially even batting average. I don't think he'll be a huge batting average asset, but he could be somebody who's like a 240, 250 guy going forward. It's not crazy, but it's something. I I do think that there is some value to be had in taking a look at Suarez. Not to say that he's a must-roster player, but definitely somebody who interests me. Will Benson is another guy that I am very much interested in, in that Cincinnati lineup. Pretty much anybody in Cincinnati at this point, they're almost like the Dodgers, you know, or the Braves of yes or you know, like more like the Dodgers of the last couple of seasons, the Braves of this year kind of. You just want a piece of that lineup. You just want somebody who is getting regular at bats in that lineup because they're just producing offensively so much every single day. Will Benson is that guy who is widely available right now. He's only on 12% of Yahoo rosters. And over the last month, we're looking at five homers, four steals, and a 3.10 average. That's come with 13 runs and 11 RBIs. I don't really care that he's generally batting at the bottom of the order for what he's doing, power, speed, and batting average. you got to ride it out while he's hot, at the very least. Even if you don't have belief in staying power here for Will Benson, if you don't think it'll be rest of season you know, kind of thing, even though I think there's a, p- a potential for it, not that it's likely, but he could be somebody that has sneaky value rest of the way. You've got to play him while he is hot the way he is right now. He's definitely somebody that I wouldn't be letting sit around on too many waiver wires. Another guy I do want to mention is Ahmed Rosario. Now, he's back up to 61% rostered, so he might be a little bit harder to come across, but he has really picked it up over the last month. He's scoring a lot more. That offense as a whole is scoring more. He has 17 runs, 21 ribbies, in that span. Also batting 275. Now, we know Rosario can put up like a top 100 fantasy season. He did it last year, 18 steals, 11 homers. He had about 150. 50 runs in RBIs. He batted 283. We know he can be a contributor in pretty much all five categories. So I think Rosario as well, you know, especially with shortstop and outfield eligibility on Yahoo, can be somebody you squeeze into those lineups. I do think that he is somebody that you should take a look at if you can. But that's going to do it for us today. Those are some guys that I am really looking at adding in a lot of formats. Edward Julian in particular, really looking interesting for now. So is Benson. I mean, those two guys are the ones that I'd prioritize right there. I also think that if you're talking pitching, Lorenzen is the guy that I would go for uh, ahead of Nick Pavetta. He's just been so good recently. I would take a gamble on him, even really Pavetta as well, but Lorenzen is the guy that I would be prioritizing there. But, guys, that'll do it for us today. Really appreciate all you hanging out. Go check me out over on Twitter, at Orico 99 just nearly at the 5,000 follower mark. I'd really appreciate you guys if you could help us out over there and drop a follow. Also go check out Ethos Fantasy BB as well. You get these podcasts, articles, all our news and notes throughout the day, and of course, sportsethos.com, where you can get everything right from the source. But guys, until tomorrow, hope you have a great night. Hope you relax, watch some baseball, even though there's not that much tonight, just a couple games, but put your feet up, watch some baseball, relax, and we'll see you tomorrow to do it all again. Until then, though, cheers, everybody. Have a good night.